0: We are back to study Genesis and uh, just to give a background, how many of you know that background is important? Context, the background, because without the proper background, studying an ancient text will lead you to misinterpretation of scripture. That's why we do believe here that if we study the scriptures carefully, based on its background, its context, the recipient of the message, and the messenger itself, and the purpose why it was written, we, it would lead us to the same interpretation. It's not true what people say. The Bible, it depends on each one's interpretation. That is wrong. If Pastor Rico is in Legaspi, another pastor is in Metro Manila, and uh, another pastor or another or maybe you studying the same context we should arrive to a similar interpretation it's the application where we have some differences because we have different contexts an application for a student may be different from a teacher an application from a teacher may be different in if they're wearing a parent's hat or an employee or an employer thus i encourage everybody to study the scriptures First read, then study, and I do believe that you have time. If you say you have no time, then I challenge you, why not begin with five minutes? And when you read scripture, may I encourage you to read it chapter by chapter by chapter, carefully looking at what the author wants to say, not what you want it to say, not how you want your think, the way you think it says, but rather taking the time to discover what is the intent of the author? And once you know the intent, then that is the interpretation. And then you can now think, how does it apply to me many years, thousands of years after and today? So that in, in just, I encourage you how to, instructed you how to study the Bible. But remember, the Bible is a personal message as well, as well as a general message for all of us. It is personal. For each and everyone, it is God speaking to us through the Holy Scriptures. Now, a bigger background: Genesis one to eleven states the origin, God's plan, and the problem, which was man, the sin of man. There was sin, and sin prevailed, even though God has sent His warnings. At one time, even judged the world and put the world under water, except for the family of Noah. Then evil still prevailed. Sin prevailed. In Genesis 11, at the height of their rebellion, God said to Adam and God said to Noah, go and spread out, replenish the earth, spread out. But the people of Babel said, we will not spread out in direct defiance to the plan and purpose of God. Instead, we shall build a tower. And that tower will reach heaven. God saw their desire to rebel against him. But in his mercy, instead of destroying them with another flood, because he promised not to destroy the earth with a flood again, instead of that, in his mercy, he said, I'll just confuse their languages. When their languages were confused, they could not understand each other. Therefore, the families had no choice but to separate because they could not understand one another. They separated. God's plan was still fulfilled to spread about the earth. However, God still wants to bless all of these who rebelled. Therefore, the beginning of the answer is chapter 12 of Genesis, where God called a man, Abraham, and said, I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make you into many nations. I will bless you, and you shall be a blessing to all the families of the earth. Direct connection. The families of the earth, meaning the families who were scattered, However, this plan would be a long-term plan, a long-term plan to bless the different nations. They became nations, not only geopolitical nations, meaning tribes, groups. They governed themselves, but they grew as families. All the families of the earth shall be blessed through you. And the story is so that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, God's plan was to build this family so that a nation may be birthed from them, and that nation was Israel. And this nation who should worship the one true God, no idols involved, no other gods except the one true God, the creator of the world, Jehovah, Yahweh, the one true God who created Adam and Eve, then through, in the fullness of time, Jesus Christ would be, would be born. In the fullness of time, Jesus Christ would be born to this nation, through this nation, they called him a son of David, a son of a king. And at the right time, where people understood one another because of the Roman Empire, they adopted Greek as a language, but militarily they were able to put everyone under one rule. The known world at that time. Therefore, it was a full time for Jesus to come so that his disciples, including Paul the Apostle, including Peter, James, and John, would preach and spread the word through the kingdom, at least in the Roman kingdom, and that is still ongoing. Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all nations, of all ethne, meaning all peoples, all tribes. A tribe and a people is divided by language. All languages should come to the Lord. In Matthew 28, it did not say geopolitical nations in the Greek. It meant ethnic, every ethnic group. I was talking to a linguist, and he said, you know, the Philippines has many languages. It is wrong when you guys say that you have many dialects and you have one main language, which is Tagalog. I said, Tagalog is a language because it has its own structure. It has its own syntax. It has its own uh, uh, way of delivering messages. Now, A variation of Tagalog is a dialect, but Bicol is not a variation of Tagalog, therefore it is not a dialect, it is a new language, another language in itself. Cebuano is a different language because it is not a variation of Tagalog. We can say that the Bicolano, our lahi, we may have different dialects, like the Legaspi kind of of Bicol is a little bit different, but we can still understand each other. And you go to Partido, there's a little different, a lot more shortcuts there. Uh, in their Bicol, <laughs> that's where I come from, and uh, uh, they are they, these are dialects of the Bicol language. But when you go to Rinconada, it's a totally different language, correct? If you haven't been there, try talking to somebody in Bicol and wait for them to respond. You don't understand a thing they say. That's why, from people there, like like uh, Pastor Pastor Arnell. We'd rather speak in Tagalog to each other rather than in Bicol because there's a a difference. Now, God's plan was to reach every ethnic, every language. In China, for example, there's Mandarin, there's Fukien, but there's still a thousand other languages there that have not heard Jesus Christ. The goal is to reach every tribe and tongue and nation that they may know Jesus Christ. I would say the Bicolano tribe, tribe, lahi, or people have been reached. Why? You are here. We are here. Reached not in the sense that everybody's saved. reach in the sense that there is a viable witness of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and that the invitation to repent and believe. Many have received that invitation and they have grown in the Lord. Somebody even once said there are more churches in Naga City than there are gasoline stations. Uh, local churches, I mean. And so in a manner of speaking, we are reached. But Look at around the world, there are th- still thousands, are, I think act to be, well, I cannot be accurate, but an estimate 8,000 peoples of languages left unreached. There are around 24,000 according to uh, one course I took, the world mission course. And there are 24,000 plus minus unreached peoples around the world who, who the Bible said reach, we should reach, but there are still 8,000 that is unreached. That's why uh, missiologist created the term frontier missions, meaning true missions or frontier mission is penetrating these people groups who have not heard the name Jesus. How does that line up with the Abrahamic promise? The promise was you shall be a blessing not to Abraham directly, but your descendants shall be a blessing. And then through Christ, the spiritual descendants through Christ shall be a blessing to all the ethnic, all the nations of the world. Will it succeed? Of course it will. In Revelations chapter 7, it is clear there that every tongue, tribe, and nation was represented in front of the throne means we will succeed. You will succeed, but we are still in the middle, in that path, in the plan. So this is the general plan of God, as we would read the, the scriptures in macro version. But then from, from Genesis, Abraham, then there are micro stories. And those, these micro stories involve Abraham, his son Isaac, also involved Jacob. And we're studying about Jacob. And, and there will be a lot of micro stories All over the Bible but one thing for sure that you will see that these great men and women one thing that that ties them up is that they believe in God the one true God and then they are not perfect Abraham was not perfect Isaac was not oh especially Jacob I don't want to judge but he seemed to be one of the worst of the three Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Deceived his father for a moment. He reaped the consequence for 14 years. Deceived his father just for a moment. And you know what scripture says. There is a divine law that says, what you sow, you shall reap. We sow a piece of seed But when it grows, we reap many fruits. So he deceived his father for a while, but he reaped 14 years. He was deceived. He was a deceiver. He was deceived by a better and greater deceiver in the form of Laban, his uncle. 14 years. However, as we mentioned, the good news is we will reap what we sow. Like somebody said, you know, I have repented of my sin. I'm no longer a drunkard. But since he drank too much in his life, his liver suffered. I said, you can pray for a miracle that God heal you. If he does not, then you cannot blame God because that is the consequence of your actions. Will God forgive you? Of course. God will forgive us if we come to him, confess our sins to him. But the consequence of that, we shall bear. The good thing about God, God is still good. Even though Jacob has deceived his father and he reaped the consequences because God has a plan for his life, for his imperfect life like you and me. Because God has a a plan, he took care of Jacob no matter what so uh one time two sundays ago we discussed about jacob after he paid for his two wives in fact he only wanted one wife he was deceived by laban and instead of getting the wife he wanted therefore he had two wives i think he only wanted one wife i think he he saw a good model in isaac and rebecca his parents and he thought you know my parents are already having a hard time can you imagine two wives that must be very difficult Uh, That's just me uh, imagining what he's thinking. So he said, okay, I'll just have one wife, but instead of having one wife, he was given another one in his sleep. Well, not in his sleep. Well, uh, at the night, because perhaps... It was dark, no electricity. Laban brought in Leah uh, during the night instead of Rachel. And then probably he, probably, it's not in the Bible, but probably gave him a lot to drink. So he was drunk and he didn't know who, was, who he, he was with. And in the morning, surprise, surprise. <gasps> who are you? Oh, I know who you are, but why are you here? Surprise. And Laban gave his reasons. So the deceiver was deceived and he had to pay another seven years for the woman he loved. But now he was obligated to take care of Leah. He took care of, of Rachel as well. And then he knew that his father-in-law was a deceiver. So in the last moment, he said, for, give me another run of your, I'll take care of your, your flocks once again. And let, let's make a deal. So he made a difficult deal. Okay, here's the deal. You give me everything that's spot and speckled And then Laban said, sure, but let me take the spot and speckled with me. Okay, take it. So what was left are actually uh, the solid colored ones, which Laban would say would be mine, which Jacob said would be yours. I'm sorry. Jacob proposed the difficult part, but he knew something that Laban did not know. And I believe through working for 14 years, working well, learning well in his work, you know, he was, Jacob was an ideal employee up to the last moment, except the last moment, I mean. He was an ideal employee, he did not deceive, he did, he learned his lesson, he did not deceive, he worked hard and he learned something, and he said, I'll make a deal with you, this is my deal, the speckled ones are mine, but he was given solid colored sheep, uh, a calf, uh, and, and, and goats. But he learned something. And he put uh, uh, some wood there that are speckled, made him drink water. And there are different explanations for this. But I like the Filipino one, naglilihi din pala ang kambing atupah. So uh, what, uh, the paglilihi is not only food but also visuals. You know, uh, the ancients, sabi ng matatanda, now if a a person is is pregnant make her look at beautiful things so that she's happy and the child is happy and if she looks at somebody beautiful or handsome perhaps your child might become handsome or beautiful that is not necessarily biblical but somehow i saw a connection here right but i cannot put any conclusions and that's the way to study the bible in some parts that it's not conclusive we do not conclude we only infer Uh, These things. Now he said. After that, he became so rich, and Laban became, well, what he ended up with a lot of stripe and speckle because of what he learned and because of God's grace given to him. And at the end, the the children of Laban said, "This Jacob has stolen our father's wealth." And Laban wasn't was no longer friendly to him. So two weeks ago, we discussed four principles to know God's will, as we learned from here uh, from Jacob. One is know the general plan of God. And God revealed it to Bethel be- after he left his father's house that he in- indeed God has a plan to bless him uh, like Abraham and Isaac. And the plan was this. He knew the general plan of God. Know God's general plan, which is the Bible. Hey, can you say to your neighbor, please read your Bible? Five minutes a day if you want to start, just five minutes a day. And uh, do it chapter by chapter. And before you know it, after a year or two or three, maybe you'll be done with it. But at least you understood the stories. You understood the context. Read your, by the general plan of God. And then another principle was, look at the circumstance. Look at the circumstance. Uh, his father-in-law was no longer friendly and, and his brother in, uh, brothers-in-law were no longer friendly. And it's uh, a circumstance says, I think we're in danger. Third is he had a dream. And God spoke to him. Oh, yes, God, God brings dreams. God can speak to us through his word mainly, but he can also give dreams to us as a message. Not all dreams come from the Lord. If you watch a horror movie and dreamed about it, it's not from the Lord. Uh, it's from you exposing your mind to scary stuff. Uh, but somehow, some dreams you can say, Lord, is this from you? Let me test. Let me pray about it. Is this from you? Sometimes it is from God. So uh, God spoke to Jacob directly, and then fourth, uh, consulted those involved. And the fourth one, consulting those who would be involved, he talked to Rachel and Leah. And Rachel and Leah said, yeah, I, we have issues with, with dad, you know, because uh, you, you gave him a lot of wealth, but he never shared anything to us. You see, the dowry must be shared to the bride. That's for her protection. In case something happens to the man, he dies uh, or, or, or he leaves her, she has a security that she owns some, some, uh, some wealth to protect herself. But Laban gave nothing to his daughters. Oh, that was a tradition then. It's not the tradition now. And then Leah and Rachel said, we have issues. Uh, he did not share to us the dowry you gave him through your work, I'm paraphrasing, we had nothing. So yes, let us leave. So they left and he did not, that's a story we're reading right now. He did not ask permission, but he obeyed God. Jacob obeyed God and prepared to leave for Canaan. But Jacob and uh, his family left without permission, without permission. Another deception of Jacob. Although right now, it is a milder deception. He was doing it out of fear. But this was unethical, unethical. Jacob feared the worst case scenario should uh, he ask permission. To add fuel to the deception, well, Rachel stole the household symbol for the inheritance, which were the idols. And let me discuss that for a while. So Jacob left without asking permission for fear, for fear of what Laban might, might do. So, uh, well, Laban realized that Jacob left. He, he realized after three days. Uh, and then he pursued. He pursued with, with his kinsmen. And, you know, Jacob left three days ahead. And he was a bit slow because he has the flock with him. And he's got his he's got children with him. He's got uh, women with him. So it was a bit slow. But, but Laban caught up with him. Wow caught up with him. So Laban realized that the symbol for the family inheritance is missing. Laban pursues Jacob, though improper, it was also used to worship the one true God. Now, there are different perspectives of these idols. Okay? One perspective is Laban was influenced by his neighbors now. But God of Abraham, he would acknowledge that the God of Abraham is God, not plural, God, not gods. He, later he would acknowledge the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, his father. The God of Nahor, his father, was the one true God, and they made a covenant in his name. It could be that Laban's family was being influenced by the idolatry of the place. That's one. Number two possibility, it is in the form, those, those statues were in the form of the images of their ancestors, and it is a sign whoever has that has a legal right in the inheritance. Uh, today it's the last will and testament where, where a, a man can talk to a lawyer and ask somebody to, to implement his will after he dies. Oh, this portion will go to this son, and this portion will go to my daughter, and this portion will go there. So last will and testament. But then they had no paper, they had don't have that law, but it's a statue as a symbol. Later on one may claim, one may use it as a claim. That is why Rachel stole it. Because she had issues with with the resources, the wealth that was not shared to her. And she was wondering, maybe one day I will claim it or my children will claim it. Therefore, she stole the right. So that's why it was important for Laban as well to pursue. Laban caught up and accused Jacob of stealing. This is dramatic. In front of everybody, uh, why did you leave? That Parkey was right. Why did you leave without permission? I could have sent you off with a band, singing and dancing and and bidding you goodbye, but you left suddenly. I could not do that. I could not even uh, hug my daughters and my grandchildren. Huh, why did you do that? And another thing, why did you steal from me? Take note, this was a confrontation with their kinsmen, public. It was not done private, public. Then Jacob said, uh, in public, search us, whoever has what, you be, what, has what belongs to you shall die. He didn't know it was racial. Okay, one thing about something I learned here. One, uh, let's go to Laban first, some practical lessons. It's a big deal to be a model to our children by not dealing fairly with his, with his son, daughters I mean, and deceiving their, their husband. So what did Rachel do? She also stole. It gives the impression it's okay as long as you get the advantage. It's okay to cheat and to corrupt society as long as you have the advantage. That was the model he was showing. Therefore, it was okay for Rachel because he believed it was her right. One, let us not be like Laban. We must watch what we do every day, how we behave. If we want our children to tell us the truth, we must tell them the truth. Uh, you can always package the truth better, like right? Uh, like the Japanese, they're good in packaging. It's the same thing. It's just packaged so well. You can package the truth without compromising the truth. You don't just have to say, oh, your doggy you died last night. You don't have to be blunt about it. You just say, I'm sorry to say that. Well, I don't know. Invent stuff. Your doggy is in heaven. Uh, (laughs) I have no biblical or scriptural basis to support that. But you can say something softer and nicer without compromising the truth. Laban was not a good model of truth. Because people around us see us. And here's the thing. No one of us is perfect. Not one is perfect. So we try our best by the grace of God to model the truth. Jacob, on the other hand, has another problem. He believes so much that his family are good people, right? Don't we feel that about our children? My children are good boys and girls. They would not cheat anyone. I think you're the only one ignorant about that. Because everybody's sins and everybody has lied at least once. Let every man, let God be truth and let every man be a liar. Everyone has lied at least once. So please do not deceive yourself as say, my children are the best people in the world. That's good because parents should feel that. But you have to know one part of you should say, you know, Jacob should have said, wait, family meeting. <laughs> Anybody of you stole anything from your dad? Anyone? Because he shouldn't have been rushed. Rash, I mean in saying, the one who is guilty shall die. You see, when he said that, although Laban found nothing because Rachel was crafty. Crafty is the word in Tagalog, (laughs) wa-is. Not wise, wa-is, crafty. She was crafty. She hid it under the camel saddle and sat on it and gave a reason that would be hard to argue with. I'm in my period, daddy. Ooh, ooh, okay, sorry. And he left. But what, what Jacob said, whoever stole it will die in a manner of speaking. You know, words are powerful. Some believe what you say is so powerful it can determine the course of your life. Oh, 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 that's, there's some truth with it. So when he said, she shall, he shall, uh, whoever stole will die, she did die. Not in execution form, but she died of the next childbirth. She did die. So it might have been, some believe it might have been a curse spoken that found its fulfillment. So friends, be careful what you say to people around you. Never say you never learn. If somebody said that to you, you say, in Jesus' name, I break that whatever spoken against me was. I am free from whatever that is. Just for precaution, right? Just for precaution. In private prayer, I say that once in a while, uh, in the name of Jesus, whatever thrown at me negatively, I break it in the name of Jesus. But we ourselves should not say that at home. We speak words of encouragement. We speak words of correction. We speak words of upliftment. We speak words of truth. Yes, sometimes truth may hurt. That's why we correct one another. But most of the time, it should be a truth that is gentle and loving. She died. Uh, But some of us curse our very own selves. You look at the mirror and you say, I'm so ugly. So it's coming to pass. (laughs) Don't say that. Children, don't say that, hyping your insecurities. You know what you say, you say what scripture says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what that means, fearfully made by God? God carefully made you. We were carefully made by God in the womb. Huh? So whenever you see the mirror, good to see you again. (laughs) Good morning, and you smile and say, "You, you, 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 you're so blessed. Be careful with your words. Uh, I mentioned this in a prayer meeting. I want to re-emphasize this to most of us. It's be careful what you say. May our words be biblical words. Like, like I don't agree with us saying, you're so lucky. You're so suerte. Oh, good for you, you're suerte. Buti ka pa, suerte ka. You're lucky. You know, one, whenever you say suerte or lucky, you're robbing God of the glory. Proverbs 3 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In everything, acknowledge him. You are blessed. You're not lucky. Whether you did good or bad, God is the God who takes care of all of us. He gives the rain for the righteous and the unrighteous. Hey, you're blessed. You're not lucky. You're not suerte. You know, long ago there was this commercial. Why are you sweeping at night? The, the luck will go out. Lalabas ang suerte. Then the boy said, di ibalik ang suerte," So he put, put the dust back at home. That <laughs> uh, was long ago when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, I believe God blesses us in big ways and in small ways. We are blessed. So Jacob made that, that those words, said those words quickly without thinking. And then after, Laban found nothing. So this was Jacob's chance to publicly refute what Laban said. And you can read the tone. Uh, read the tone. He was kind of proud. I have served you for many years. Everything, the, every, every little animal that died, I bore the, the, the cost of that. Not you. Uh, but you have deceived me. He went public all out. Thinking his family did nothing wrong. He was proud and he was answering, but the truth was his beloved stole something. So one thing I learned is that gent always respond with the gentleness of wisdom. Uh, he could have said uh, boss, can I call you boss or can I call you uncle? You see, uncle, I have served you well. You cannot say anything against how I worked. Some employees are so proud, I have helped this company. But make sure you are without reproach. Because your boss might say, oh yeah, yeah, you helped this company, all right, like everybody else. And you're always late. Make sure they can say nothing against you if you take that position ah, because of me. Oh, but truly. You can say it humbly, but boss, isn't it true that I helped a lot, and because of me, this thing succeeded, and this thing succeeded? You know, because, you know, if Laban did not have a dream, oh boy, Jacob would have lost his head. God spoke to Laban, ah, be careful. Speak neither good nor bad. Okay, why why did God say don't speak good or bad? Isn't it just, why not just say don't speak anything bad? But you can say something good about Jacob. Well, why did God say neither good nor bad? I have a theory. I have a theory. If he speaks bad, you know, he might, you know, uh, it might lead to violence. Yes. If he speaks good, he might be so good, such a good deceiver that Jacob might come home with him. So neither good nor bad, as not to influence what was revealed to Jacob as the plan. Say if you pray, Lord, what is your will for me? And God responds to you clearly in four ways. And then suddenly you get another offer and suddenly you change direction. No, you don't. Determine what God's will for you is. If it's clear, you do it. If it's not clear, then keep everything open. Open. So we say to people, you ready? You have a girlfriend? You ready to get married within one year? Because you have to be sure it's God's will because if you're not sure what are you doing why are you wasting time on each other i'm not about to get into that but going back going back <laughs> so so Laban did not say come home with me or or because that was the plan I'll make something for you so you can stay with me. You have, blessed, you have uh, blessed me so much. That's what he wanted. What Laban wanted was for Jacob to stay, stay because he was the moneymaker in the family. So after Jacob responded line by line every bad feeling he had, so Laban said, let us make peace. Since... It was too quick to build a monument. So they said, uh, uh, let's pick up some stones and let this be a sign of our agreement. Again, no contract, but they don't have contracts then. Let this be a sign of our agreement. And then eating a meal is a sign of covenant when they eat together and agree on something. And Laban said, you will not pass by going to me and do me harm, and I will not do the same to you in this area. So there was peace. Something we can learn here is... Uh, one, be mindful of ethics. We can be legal but unethical. The goal is to be ethical in every way. Friends, none of us are perfect. As we, are, we grew up, we learned to borrow money without paying. We learned to lie and cheat. But now that in Christ, we strive for the truth all the time. In every dealing with that we have with others, whether it's employment or business or school, when we said we will do it, we will commit to Do it, be mindful of ethics, instruct the whole family, not just you, the whole family must learn. We have a a dysfunctional society where where corruption is okay as long as the family benefits and everybody else suffers. We are very family oriented, but from the family blessing others, we are not so oriented in blessing our own nation. Most of us actually don't care. Uh, A lot of Filipinos throw garbage on the street. Why not wait till you find a garbage can? Most of us don't care. We only care about ranting our disappointment with this president or that president, former president, present president, without necessarily contributing to this nation. Be mindful. Instruct the whole family. Then trust in God's protection. Hey, you're still alive. I'm still alive. We're breathing today. You woke up, right? You woke up. You are blessed. Not everybody wakes up, okay? And and if we woke up, means God still has a plan. We're still alive. God has a plan for you. If God takes you home, praise God as well. Then you are blessed as well. But since God has has decided to leave us still on earth, there is a plan for our lives. God had a plan for Jacob. That's why no matter how imperfect Jacob was, God took care of him. He would not allow Jacob to experience violence in the hand of Laban. So he gave Laban a dream. Don't you dare. God has protected him. And, and throughout scripture, God will protect Jacob because he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because of what? The plan. The plan, the plan. What's the plan? A nation must be born one day. And this nation will be beloved by God. And this nation will nurture a family line. Judah, the kingly line which Messiah shall be born to die on the cross for us. To invite us to salvation through repentance and faith to grant us eternal life. So whoever of us would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we just come to him and say, forgive me of my sins, Lord. I believe what you did on the cross. I surrender my life to you. God will protect you and be willing to face the challenges. Oh, if God has a plan for you, there will be challenges. Can you say amen to the challenges? Oh, yes, yes, because once God has a plan for you, he will give you challenges to make you stronger so that this little problem you can deal with in a mature spiritual way. Then God gives you a little more problem and a little more bigger, more problem, and then you can handle all the personal problems. And because you have risen above the personal problems, God will give you the problems of the world and you can make a difference to many people. But if it's your own problem, you are so crushed. (laughs) Oh, Pastor Red, I'm so... I will care for you and pray with you and hopefully you learn quickly because you never get out of a stage to another stage unless you learn this stage. How come you still have the same problems? Because you haven't learned it here. And if you learn it, determine it, and understand it, God will give you, bless you with more trials. Amen. (laughs) oh count it all joy because when you are so good in handling trials you can handle the trials of society you can handle the trials of the church you can handle the trials of your nation then we can contribute properly but so I encourage you friends God is with you God has a plan for you he shall protect you but if it's time to go it's time to go amen don't you look forward when it's time to go you're still afraid. You're still afraid. Oh, we need to study the Bible more. Well, I don't want to go yet. Don't worry, you know. I'm not wishing for it. But if it's God's plan, even suffering, God allows suffering sometimes for trial's sake. But if we understand the mind of God, do we think in perspective of eternity, the little trials we have, we think it's a big trial. Oh, my sister died. My husband died. We go through that. No one is exempt. Painful. You were betrayed, painful. You know, every person on this earth will felt betrayed, will feel betrayed. Because we are not more than Christ and Christ was betrayed by his own people. That's why when he said the servant cannot be more than the master, it means we shall experience it. If you have not, you're still too young. But when you have, please do not blame God. It is how the world works, but the grace of God is available for us. Jacob was betrayed. Well, he betrayed and he was betrayed. But we have to be willing to make peace, which is God's will. Peace. Huh? Let's not start fights when it's unnecessary. And if ever we did start a fight, please be ashamed of yourself. Some of you are even so proud. In ko silang <laughs> lahat. You're even so proud of, of, of creating fights. The Bible doesn't want it. If ever you were tempted to fight, then you have to say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I didn't want that. (laughs) That's why reading the Bible, we know what pleases God and what doesn't please God. But I invite you all to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. My life is yours. I trust in your plan in Christ. Let not your life be your own. It's more adventurous to follow the plan of God. Ask God to speak to you through his word first. The general plan of God, study it. And then ask God specifically for his specific design for you, for your marriage, for your family. And that will be an exciting journey on earth. Let us all rise. Father in heaven, thank you that you made us understand your great plan to bring all peoples to your throne. And we see in Revelation 7 that indeed everybody worshiped the Lamb, everybody uh, sung to the Lamb, bowed down to the Lamb, meaning your plan to save succeeds. Every, that every nation, every ethnic, every people group, every tongue and tribe shall be represented in heaven or in the crystal city. Lord, we also pray for your specific will for us. As we have studied the drama in the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so we too have our life stories, Lord. And in our life life stories, we pray in the name of Jesus that you guide us, may it be aligned to your specific will and purpose for our lives. Teach us to bless others, because that was your plan, that we are blessed under Abraham through Christ, that we may be a blessing to many people. By speaking the name of Christ, by sharing your word, by sharing the the saving message of Jesus to others. And even showing kindness, encouragement, and and charity to others who need it in your name. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, God bless you.